20, holy man, 2015, um, I got into a workplace accident, a roof okay. collapsed on top of me, like 12,000 pounds, which is Oof. pretty crazy. So I'm glad <laughs> I, glad I made it out of that. Yeah. It's, it's taken me a little bit, but I've definitely gotten to a point where I, I very much value and appreciate life and, and what I can do and what I have to, to offer right now. And yeah, the things that I get to enjoy, a lot of the the shit that I get to do in my daily life, I wouldn't have been in this situation and and had these opportunities if I if I wasn't injured. So mm-hmm. it's a pretty cool position to be in. And I think just grateful that I can have that outlook on it. You are listening to the Jack Shit Show with Kelsey Henderson. Hello, good afternoon, and welcome to the shit show that is this world. (laughs) Guys, what the fuck is going on out there? Is there a planet in retrograde? Is like the the vibe is off. Putin, the vibe is off. We were ready for a good, we're coming out of a pandemic. It is not the time to be starting a world war out there, my guy. But as you know, all we can do, nice voice crack, Kelsey. All we can do in this world is keep our corners spick span and full of goodness. So here is the podcast this week, full of goodness. Um, We're talking to my buddy Cole and him and I have kind of like been in the outer circles of each other's lives for quite a few years. I um, know his sister, worked with her for a little bit. She is also like one of the loveliest humans and I've met their mom before. Like their their whole family is just so great. So I knew this would be a good conversation and it definitely didn't disappoint. Um, Cole is one of the most rad human beings that I know now. And we talked so long that this episode gets to be a two-parter. And you know how I feel about a two-parter. I I love it. I'm for it. It's the gift that keeps on giving. So please enjoy this conversation with our new friend, Cole. I think you're really going to enjoy it. He is, he doesn't like to be called it. I think he would be inspiring anyways. He's a pretty cool fucking dude. So I'm really excited for you to hear this one. This one is like one of my favorites by far. So I will meet you at the end and... Uh, Enjoy this uh, this little bit of goodness in your day, I hope. <laughs> okay, so I only really know you because I know your sister. I served with her for a while. And yeah. that was like kind of the first I had ever met you around town in Kelowna and stuff like that. Um, and then we used you for Okanagan Lifestyle photo shoot. And yeah. I don't even think I was at that photo shoot. Like, I think I just, like, no, I, don't think you were I think I just like sourced you and then was like, yeah. okay, bye, <laughs> which was funny. So, um, can you introduce yourself and then just tell, um, everybody a little bit about your story? Yeah. Um, my name is Cole Bernier. I uh, grew up in Williams Lake, BC, um, until I was about 18 and then I moved to Kelowna and I mean, a, a little bit bounced around for a couple of years as Vancouver and Prince George kind of thing and, uh, racing some motocross. So traveling around a little bit and then. Yeah, I kind of always wanted to move to Kelowna, so made my way down this way and and have been here ever since. It's almost 10 years now. Wow. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a fun little town, man. I, I like it a lot. Uh, it's got a lot of just activities really close around to it and a lot of different resorts and, and mountain peaks and lots of camping and just the outdoor yeah. stuff. Um, not not a huge city guy, so it's kind of nice to be able to kind of separate from downtown, and mm-hmm. but also have it there if you want to go down and have some beers or yeah, totally. go for ice cream or go for a cruise and people watch or do whatever you're into. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I 20, holy man, 2015, um, I got into a workplace accident, 
a roof okay. collapsed on top of me, like 12,000 pounds, which is Oof. pretty crazy. So I'm glad I, glad I made it out of that. What were you doing for work? In, uh, construction. So yeah. residential carpentry, um, okay. just building as working for a prefab uh, company. So we just basically pre-manufacture in a, in a factory where the kind of halves get built and then we okay. assemble them on site and bolt them together and build roofs and garages and kind of just right. button everything up to make it a house. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, we were just doing some craning and um, yeah, doing some things that weren't by the book that uh, mm-hmm. kind of pushed back on a little bit. A little being, OSHA you know, frowned upon. Yeah, totally. But <laughs> yeah, one of those things where it's like you're a, a younger worker at that time, I was 20, I think I was 23. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of, yeah, just always been taught to put your head down and just work. Don't, don't complain or, mm-hmm. you know, push back too hard. And I had kind of pushed back a couple of times on just, you know, not feeling super stoked on the way that he wanted to do things and mm. the supervisor, sorry, he, um, and yeah, just kind of came up to a point. I was like, Hey, fuck it. It's going to get this done. And yeah. Yeah. And the roof collapsed and made it out alive, which is good. I'm pretty grateful. Obviously like the first, first little bit was there's days of not being super grateful and mm-hmm. kind of wishing that you didn't come out alive at, at points. It's some, there's definitely a lot of ups and downs, but uh, yeah, it's, it's taken me a little bit, but I've definitely gotten to a point where I, I very much value and appreciate life and, and what I can do and what I have to, to offer right now. And yeah, the things that I get to enjoy a lot of the, the shit that I get to do in my daily life, um, you know, my work, I think being the most important one, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't have been in this situation and, and had the opportunities if I, if I wasn't injured. So Mm-hmm. it's a pretty cool position to be in. And I think just grateful that I can have that outlook on it. Um, definitely wasn't, wasn't the case in the beginning. So it's nice yeah. to, yeah, just have a positive group, I think around me, that's given me the platform to kind of, to build on it and yeah, just be grateful for the little things. And I think that kind of just carries on and kind of adds up over time. And you start to start to notice a lot of the things that you have that you might not mm-hmm. have had, or, you know, stop looking at the things that you don't have or comparing yourself and, just kind of taking every day for, for what it is and mm-hmm. trying to take those little victories and appreciate them and just, just be aware of them. I think yeah, noticing totally. the, the things that you grow every day and it's pretty, pretty important. Um, but yeah, it's, it's cool. I was, I was, it was definitely a bit of an adjustment. Um, do I you think remember, when I, like, do you remember your accident or have you kind of like blocked oh yeah. it out? You remember all of it? Oh yeah. Everything. Oh, yeah. That's I was scary. It's kind of, it's scary, but it's kind of cool. Like, I don't know. And again, it's something that I kind of used to used to think about as being weird or trying not to think about it too much mm. but it's kind of I don't know it was kind of well a cool I think thing like, to look back on yeah like I think because you because you made it out and because where you are now but I'm sure for the first while like I'm what did you have like nightmares oh, totally. were you scared of that like yeah, no sure. I never had really like PTSD or nightmares or anything it was wasn't like a I never had issues talking about it or anything it was just hmm. like just kind of a crazy concept I think just That's like so lying crazy. there with all that weight on top and I like I had so when I, when I was injured, I had two, uh, both of my lungs were collapsed. I had okay. two punctures in one of my lungs, uh, seven broken ribs and then two vertebrae and then also bruised heart. So just like one trying to breathe on yeah. my own with all that weight on top of me of just like the tiniest breaths possibly. Yeah. Like whatever I could fucking open up and, and yeah. take was what I would try and do. But yeah. there was definitely a point where I was like, man, I fucking can't breathe. I'm just going to try and like close my eyes and just relax and just fucking yeah. let this, let this death happen. Cause that's what it feels like is fucking going on right now. God, so, yeah, well, just it was like, what was going on. Though. Well, totally hundred <laughs> percent. And so, yeah, yeah I just kind of like stopped breathing and just tried to close my eyes and just relax and just like accept it. And I don't know, for whatever reason, I just like, yeah, didn't, 
go to sleep. Good Lord was like, it ain't your time. We got more. God, hundred percent. Do you uh, like? Did it take them long to get you out? Yeah, it was like forty. I mean, not not long, not long, but long. long. Yeah, really. Yeah, so it was like forty-five minutes um, by the time the fire department got there, and um, I was up there working with uh, a dude that was definitely a, a, a big unit like a this kind of a gym goer like yeah but like 286 foot two kind of thing like a absolute like animal a big guy. yeah yeah so he just he was like 10 15 feet away and right away of course he was freaking the fuck out and just yeah. grabbed as much shit on top as he could until he kind of got down to me and obviously once you get close you don't want to like disrupt Oof. anything too much but yeah. tried to pull off as much as he could and um yeah and then uh just basically sat there until the, the fire department got there and cut some shit off of me, I guess. And yeah, I just remember like getting, finally getting out and they laid me on a stretcher just flat. Cause I was, I was pinned. So when I, when it fell on top of me, I was basically, if you can picture like long sit position, bending over, touching your toes, mm-hmm. but my face wasn't at my knees. It was like in the middle of my thigh. Cause I was, I was pinched and broken, like basically like sternum, right in the middle. So like above the belly button. So folded in half right there, not at your hips. <sighs> So I was like, my body has my, sympathy um, for you. It was crazy. Oh but like that, God. that relief though, like when they got me onto the stretcher up on up. the ladder, oh my God, it's like laying flat. I was just like, fuck, thank God. Well, I feel like, like that's just, already such breathe, a, like, yeah, like you could already, yeah. like even to just bend over, like normally your totally. body is already like labored in that position. It's not totally. like the way your body's supposed, but to pinch yeah, right there. Let alone there, like 12,000 pounds on top of you too, oh right? My God. It's like, like massive dog wild. pile. Yeah. It's like crazy wild that you're alive. It's insane. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever, like, did you talk to that guy after? Like, oh, yeah. He, yeah. Do you still talk to him or like, he, uh, yeah, we like, we keep in touch on social thing. media yeah. and stuff. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, he's definitely like, yeah, we're different people for sure. And he, he was a bit older and stuff too. So it wasn't like we'd be you yeah, know, day-to-day homies yeah, kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. But yeah, we definitely keep in touch and like comment on each other's shit. And, yeah. um, yeah, he's, he just had a kid and stuff. So he's cool. going through lots of fun stuff in life. Um, but yeah, he was like, he was a, he was a, like a, I mean, he like, yeah, as an advocator for like men's mental health and like, you know, bringing norm normality to, to, yeah, just emotional shit for guys and being able to express that kind of stuff and not mm-hmm. having to be, you know, macho and having your shit together all the time. Um, but yeah, he definitely isn't, wasn't the type of dude to like be emotional or like anything like that. He was yeah. a man's man. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, but he, like, he was, he was balling. Like even after we like went for uh, breakfast, I remember like the first time that I kind of saw him after, after my accident, it was like a year, year after kind of thing. And yeah, I didn't realize, but he was like, man, this last year, like, honestly, it's so nice to see you again. Cause yeah, he's like this whole fucking year I'll wake up with like sweating nightmares. And like, he had more PTSD than I did, which yeah. I mean, which kind of makes sense. And like, you're, you're there, like you literally watched the whole thing happen fucking yeah. 15 feet away from you. Right. I think someone, you know, is literally dead under a pile of rubble. Totally. Like, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of, it was crazy to, to kind of hear that from him. I was like, oh, he's probably fucking fine about it. Like, but yeah, he was like, dude, I've, it's taken me a long time to like be okay with everything. And I totally. still like, I can't talk about it without like getting emotional. And I was like, holy fuck. Yeah. Crazy. Like, that's pretty yeah, crazy. Well, and that was what I wondered because I know that like, I've had a couple of like buddies and my dad and stuff have like, um, been in some like emergency situations like that. And I think it's like, 
that outside perspective of like, okay, you're in it. So now you're only, you're almost only focused on you, like you under the rebel. You're yeah. You're just focused like, on okay, trying like, to fucking breathe. breathe. Yeah. Totally. And somebody else is like, okay, it's me and me and nobody else to get this person out alive. Like, I think that's so much pressure and so scary. Totally. It is hundred yeah. percent. And just, just seeing it all happen to you. Like when it happens and you're, you're involved in it, it's, mm-hmm. it just happens. Like it's a light switch. There's nothing that you see or do or, yeah. you know, experience it's just like, yeah, you're just under it. You wake up and you're like under it. Yeah, <laughs> Whereas, yeah, you get to watch the whole thing happen and hear it all happen and be like aware of afterwards and like, mm-hmm. like yeah. But anyways, it's so uh, how well like so then they take you to the hospital and what is because you're uh, you're awake. I can't believe you didn't pass out. Like I honestly can't believe you didn't pass out. That's totally. That's I mean, I'm sure I, I probably did for like in a few out, seconds yeah. or whatever the case kind of thing. Like just the shock of like mm-hmm. that much weight hitting you, the impact and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, it wasn't like I very much remember the screaming and everything like right after. So it couldn't have been that long. That's why. So then you go to, you go to the hospital and what, what's kind of like that experience, like finding out your injuries, did they put you out at all? Like, or are you, you just like awake and being operate? Well, obviously you're asleep while they're operating, but like, you must've had an insane amount of stuff have happened. Oh man. It was, that was an emotional, like yeah, I just, I remember being in the hospital in Cologne. I just kind of like, it actually hit me like, holy fuck. I just remember starting just bawling with my mm-hmm. mom there and my, my Guido uh, who actually passed away, but he was one of the first ones that showed up on the, at the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. My stepdad's dad and just super pot. Like he's just the best, best dude ever. Um, super positive. Like always just kind of just giddy and just like, I don't know. He's got a little like <laughs> chirpy side to him almost. Yeah. He's just always like jabbing and just, he's a sweet, just a sweet old man. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just, I remember specifically him coming in and I just like, yeah, looking over at my mom and just being like, holy fuck. I like, is this for real? Like I, I can't fucking feel my legs. Like I'm done. My life is fucking over. Mm-hmm. And I just started bawling kind of thing. And that's, I think one of the only, the only kind of breakdowns that I had for like the, the overall situation um, I think that some of the side effects that come along with the, the injury, like, you know, just the un, unsure of being able to have kids or like, mm-hmm. you know, sexual function, um, bowel and bladder routine, like all that kind of stuff. Yeah. The, the things that come along with it, I was definitely had, had frustrations and just kids for me has always been something that I I've wanted since I was a kid kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so not knowing whether I was going to be able to have that. And I think just having those doubts in the beginning, I definitely had some breakdowns on that, but mm-hmm. other than that, like that first initial, I think just. I don't know, understanding or like shock of just like, yeah, fuck your life is completely different now. I'm sure that was especially hard for you as a young guy, because like you were so active as like a kid, like a kid and into your like young adulthood, obviously you're racing motocross, you're doing all those things. Did, was that hard, like news for you uh, on top of like, you can't do, you know, your everyday stuff. Yeah. Now, what about the sports stuff? Like, were you doing a lot of yeah, that then? I, mean, I feel like you were. Lona is like the hub of, like we said, skiing, mountain biking, all those kinds of things. Yeah, I think uh, I've never really talked about this to, to many people, but I think like moving to Kelowna, my my values kind of changed. I was definitely a younger, like a younger dude. So I think influenced a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just kind of like coming into a bit of a bigger city and hanging out with a different crew of friends. And yeah, just like, partying a little bit more and um yeah just not not hanging out with a friend group that was like as outdoorsy as I grew up with yeah um just kind of a, a little bit different just different demographic yeah what they're still all some of my best friends and I'll never never change that but 
I think just, yeah, different, different values and, mm. and different uh, things that they enjoy in life. So I kind of shifted a little bit um, before my accident and kind of the first few years that I was in Kelowna. Um, I got into training for CrossFit, um, like two, well, actually pretty much right when I moved to Kelowna, mm. um, I had broken my ankle racing motocross and it was kind of like my second year of racing, like legit pro. And I just, I wasn't, I was definitely at the back of the pack, like mm. just qualifying for pro nationals kind of thing. So top, I think it was top 35 or top 40, I uh, would make it for like a, for a pro national. And I was like 35 to 40 kind of thing. So I was very mm-hmm. much like back of the pack and just getting my ass kicked. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I kind of just switched, I think, and saw an opportunity with CrossFit and um, the dude that was coaching and, and owning the gym at that point, or one of the owners of the gym at that point was harping on me pretty hard to get in. He was an, an ex-moto dude. So mm. he was like, man, I've raced moto for so long. Um, CrossFit is like exactly like motocross, blah, blah, blah. And of course, so yeah, I was kind of hooked. I wasn't able to ride for a little bit with my ankle. And I was like, oh, I'll try it out. It's good. If anything, it's good okay. recovery and rehab for the ankle and get yeah. back into it kind of thing. And then it ended up just being like, no, I, I think I want to just keep going with CrossFit and yeah, yeah I'm glad I did. Cause it was, it was really cool. I, uh, I learned a lot about myself and just that my mental strength and stuff like that, um, getting to the point of qualifying for regionals. So like top 20 in Western Canada. Um, so yeah, I, I accomplished a, a decently high level in CrossFit. Yeah, and that's great. Yeah. It was cool. Cool to learn that mental capacity and just like what you're capable of and, and, you know, your barriers and how you can push through them and just, yeah, the, the strength of, of mental and, how far you can push things. And mm-hmm. when you think you can't, it's, it's pretty cool. I'm, I'm really grateful that I learned a lot of the traits and I think, um, yeah, I mean, on a physical level, I think if I didn't do that extensive training, uh, for the two years before I was injured, cause it literally like the, the summer before uh, I got injured was basically like my, my downtime. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, September I was injured. So July and August, uh, was like downtime June, I think was when the, the regionals were. So I had just like two months off and then September, literally the week after my, I had my program and stuff that was dated to start the week after I got injured. Mm-hmm. Um, but so anyway, so that, that whole story is like, if I wasn't in the shape that I was in, like I was 225 pounds at six feet, like an absolute unit. Um, and I, I think if I wasn't in that shape or just in that capacity of like muscle mass and everything, yeah not to be cocky, but I, I don't think I well, would have no, survived. Yeah. Like, like you have, you almost have to be a big, you have to totally. be a big human to take that, that fall, totally. that injury. Like you had, you had to, like, if, if you hadn't done that. And totally. I think it's funny that it like lined up kind of that you had been doing that. And so you had the discipline. And so you had all this already totally. kind of programmed into you. Like, isn't it? Do you ever totally. think about that the mental, back at dude, it? All the fucking time, yeah. the mental capacity, even just like in, in the trying to breathe, to stay alive, like to be able to think in that, in that point in time and be able to think about what's going on and, and to try and yeah, just be calm and not panic and just like try and take as little, like literally it was like, that's like all I could breathe. It was just the tiniest little breaths, but yeah, being able to think and like process and not like fucking panic and scream and cry and just like relax. You're using everything, right? Like totally. So totally. that's, that like blows my mind that you like that, that lined up that way. Blows I agree. And that's something that I think about all the time, yeah. um, you know, even CrossFit, but even like the motocross side of things and like yeah. just everything that I did in my life leading up to that point was like preparing me almost. It's kind of fucked up. I don't, I don't necessarily like, I'm not religious. I don't necessarily believe in like God specifically or anything mm-hmm. like that. I, I kind of believe in higher power and like energies and stuff, but 
I definitely think that, yeah, I, someone was kind of prepping was me, I think, for, for this shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, somebody 100%. lined that up nice for you. Totally. Right? Yeah. Like, that's in, let, let, that blows my mind. And every time I hear, like, something of that, like, happening, I'm like, oh, my God, that's so it's cool. Crazy. Like, it's that's so what's cool. Like, yeah, how do you argue that shit's not all connected? Like, it's how? it's got to be, man. Like in my how opinion, of course. I completely there. agree. No, yeah, in totally. our in our humble opinions, everybody listens yes. to me talk about this <laughs> shit all the time, so it's okay. I'm always like, this is how it's supposed to be. Totally, like, you're wrong. So, yeah, it's just why it's just wild. And then, so when you were okay, so then you're like in the hospital. You've like you know you've had sport and had fitness like in your life so consistently all through this at what point do you start looking at sport again and being like I can get back into this because I I and I correct me if I'm wrong but I think um when you're like able-bodied you don't you're not necessarily looking at you know people in wheelchairs you don't totally. know, you know what I mean like you don't really have like a lot of like people that you're looking up to that you're like oh yeah well so and so's off skiing in the sit ski at down the mountain like you see it and you're like oh cool like but you're not you don't necessarily see those people in front of your face all the time. So it's, you always have to seek them out. And I wonder at what point did you go like, okay, well I can do this. Other people are doing it. I think that's a a, definitely a loaded question. It took me some time to like, and I think it's important that you take the time to, to kind of accept the whole situation, both mentally Mm -hmm. and physically, like learning what you're capable of and, and, you know, what you can, can do and can't do for like, you know, I guess just transferring and getting around in general, but then yeah. in terms of just being an individual and independent, um, yeah, there's a lot of like new, new shit that you need to kind of figure out and test. Totally. Sometimes you fail, sometimes you pass, but, um, yeah, I think for me, there was definitely a period where I needed to not think about too much and just kind of like, just be in the moment and kind of mm-hmm. accept what happened and, and what's going on. Um, but yeah, there, I think there was a, definitely a point where I started to kind of be more curious about, I think just products that were available to me and um, to, to kind of the demographic at, at that point in time. And um, there wasn't really anything that jumped out at me right off the hop. Mm-hmm. Um, I obviously naturally went back to the, the CrossFit gym and, and did some training and stuff like that, but um, kind of quickly, I don't know. I, I never just, it never really hit me the same. It uh, just not being able to do simple things like pick a fucking bar up out of the rack and put right. it in a, in a squat rack to do like shoulder press. Like totally. I, I'd have to get somebody to grab the bar for me and like, mm-hmm you know, hold my wheelchair so I didn't tip backwards or whatever the case was. So it, mm-hmm. I was like, no, I, I don't really want to do this. I need fucking help with it. I don't. Yeah. And was it like, were you frustrated by it a lot? For sure. Yeah. I don't think, I think I did a good job of hiding it sometimes or just kind of pushing it down and trying to move, move past it and not let it define that, I think. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I just, there came to a point where I just needed to be honest with myself and I just, I didn't enjoy it anymore. So I needed to try and look for some different opportunities, I guess. Yeah. And just, yeah different ways that I can challenge my body and and keep in shape. But yeah, I didn't really, I don't know. I didn't put pressure on it. I kind of just, I stopped going to the gym and um, just tried to, I think live my life. And yeah, I think started to to party a little bit with the the buddies in that friend group. And Mm -hmm. yeah, I think got to a point there too, where I was like, I want to, I want to like push myself more again and just like have that, I don't know, self-drive and, um, just the patch, find some passion for something again, mm-hmm. you know, have that definition. Like, I don't want, I'm not, I've, I've never been a partier. I've never like high school and stuff. I was always riding dirt bikes and racing every weekend. So I never, you know, I could probably count on two hands, like how many times I went to parties and stuff in high school. It wasn't uh yeah, it wasn't a, a big drinker or partier or, yeah. you know, anything like that. So yeah, it was kind of a, a weird 
I don't know, I guess you'd try and almost reinvent yourself or you just kind of, yeah, you, you do what's around you and you're influenced by who's around you. And like, I just got to a point where I was like, man, this isn't really me. Like I don't, mm-hmm. I don't love going out every weekend and spending money and yeah. You know, I, I, I like being outside and I like enjoying, don't get me wrong. It's fun to go out once, it's in, a fun once in a while with we, the homies for know. sure. Let's not, let's not. Yeah. But then that's like all the time. And I think too, well, when you just don't have anything else to express yourself to. Right. Yeah. And I was for me, say, that was the biggest, I'm sure for you. And like, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but again, yeah. for you, that's like something that you can do where it's like, okay, you, you can do it. You have your friends around you. You are now in this new body essentially. Totally. And you don't need you like, no one has to, you know, hand feed you a beer. Like you can go do totally. that. And you're probably again, correct me if I'm wrong, a little depressed and it's easy. To yeah. I think I was a little depressed. A little. <laughs> yeah, totally. Right? Like, I never, I don't know. I didn't ever go out and get like destroyed though. I would, yeah. I've never been that type. Like I don't enjoy being sloppy drunk and Mm-mm. you know, we'd go out and have fun and, and yeah. And I think it was just a, honestly, it was a really good friend. I think really good friend group for me to be around at that point because they, they would bug me and, and tease me and shit. Like it wasn't from a, like not a, in a bullying way, but yeah, yeah. they just like my buddies, they, they would make light of things normal. and it wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like tiptoeing around things. Cause he's in a chair. Mm-hmm. If he's going to be sensitive about something, it was like, they would crack wheelchair jokes all the fucking time. And it just kind of, it was just easy for me to be around. Cause it was like, man, I, mm-hmm. this is, it, it's perfect. I'm not any different. They're not judging me because I'm in a chair. Totally. Like I'm, I'm just me. And yeah. you know, they would like drag me out of the dance floor when I was not comfortable to go out there on my own. And like, I don't know, just stupid things like, like just, just regular dumb guy shit. Like yeah. I remember one time we were at roses before it shut down, which is a fucking tragedy. <laughs> but uh, I remember one time, like, you know, the ramp to go up to the bathrooms and like, the yeah, table yeah. and stuff. I was chilling down, talking to a friend at the bottom of that. And my buddy, John, super loaded, but came out of nowhere and just fucking football tackled me out of my wheelchair. And everybody in the bar was just like, it went fucking crickets. Like everybody was so quiet and just so worried. And all of us were like my whole friend group, all of us were just dying laughing. Like I'm I on the ground rolling around laughing. My like, pants. It was fucking hilarious. Like he I literally was at the top. Pants. I didn't see him obviously because I was talking, but my yeah, buddies yeah. were all watching the whole thing. And he just like stood at the top of the stairs and was like, blue 42 and just fucking <laughs> flipped it down. It was just, it's the little things like that, that just kind of like, totally, yeah. And just going around and I knew, you know, if there was ever like stairs or, you know, something that I needed for access, like the homies would be there right away and yeah. not even like, I wouldn't even have to ask them and they would be yeah, like, yeah. carrying me up already kind of thing. Yeah. So just having, I think that comfortability in, in your friend group and, and that support, I think was really good for me. And it, it definitely got me through a lot. So mm-hmm. I'm really grateful that I, yeah, went through that process and yeah, did, did what I did through that period of time. But um, yeah, I think I just got to a point where I was like, man, I, I need to, I don't feel like myself um, in, in every aspect. Like I do when I'm in a social setting, but it's like, I, once you're not at the bar, like just day-to-day stuff or even just weekends and you know camping and stuff and your buddies are fucking around with the bikes or whatever the case is like snowboarding and stuff. And you're like, man, I just, that's always been like, I, even since like, since a kid, I've played every, every sport that our town had to offer. Like the only mm-hmm. sport we never had was football. Um, and I would just like, I'd have one day free in, in the week. And I would always just be bugging my mom to like sign me up for a new sport or like, can I go, you know, go bike in this day or whatever the case was. Mm-hmm. But so I think, yeah, I just, I kind of strayed from that a little bit, um, moving to a new town and kind of having the opportunity to kind of redefine myself. But think yeah having the accident and kind of yeah, going through it I went through kind of made me realize um and just kind of come back to my my core values and that for me is just yeah 
expression in sport. I just wanted to be able to fucking express myself again. Totally. Partying wasn't defining me. That's not who I am. And yeah, I just not being able to go out and have that platform. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not the guy that I am that you see in a wheelchair. Like I'm capable of so much more. Mm -hmm. So for me, I definitely felt that, mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody was always just, Oh, you're so inspiring and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, what the fuck are you inspired? Like I didn't, I haven't done anything like, yeah. because I'm smiling on the outside. Like that doesn't mean <laughs> shit. Like everybody smiles because on I'm the outside. happy and I'm in a wheelchair. Yeah. Well, that's or because sweet. you think that I'm happy, like because yeah. of what I look like. Yeah, totally. It's not 100%. a, so it was just like, man, I, I need to, I need to get back and just like, feel, feel accomplished again and just like be confident in who I am and what I'm capable of. And like, not just because of my situation. Like mm -hmm. I want to, I want to give myself a reason to like be proud. Mm -hmm. That 100%. makes sense. Absolutely. Did you feel like, did you feel like there was pressure uh, uh, even subconsciously, if you look back at it, like to be, you know, quote unquote, inspiring to people, like while you're like, uh, like, I'm not doing anything. Like I'm 100%. just living. <laughs> I still, I still battle it a little bit. Just like, yeah. Feeling like I need to be positive or like post something. Cause I haven't posted mm -hmm. in a little while to like, you know, be positive or to show that I'm doing cool shit all the time. It's like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's definitely a, an ongoing, I think a little bit of a mental battle for me of just mm -hmm. like doing, just doing me. And then also, yeah, just having, you know, having a following. And I mean, obviously that social media has a lot of different pros and cons, <laughs> yes. but um, yeah, I think just naturally having a little bit of pressure from having, you know, a following and yeah, just feeling like you need to provide for them and, mm -hmm. and, just the messages that you get sometimes are just like, Oh, you're so inspiring. You just do, you know, you don't let your injury define you blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, I gotta, I gotta keep gotta showing people something. that I don't, yeah. but it's like, no, you don't, you, you yeah, know, that I, you, and I think that people value more when you, they see all of it. Like totally. we talk on social media, a lot of, uh, about social media, a lot on the podcast and like, yeah. just like sort of the way that it's taken off and it can be good. You can take it in a good way totally. or you can take it in a bad way. And like, when you're not seeing all of it, I think the people who have the most loyal, you know, quote unquote following, I, I like, I, I, all the I words know. make me so <laughs> cringy. Know. I'm like, okay. I know. but those are the people that are going to do well, right? Like those are, you know, that's how you are an inspiration. That's how you are doing well is when you can show the good and the bad, because I think totally. that so often it's just the highlight reel and people are, and then, and then when people are looking at it, they're like, Oh my God, I have to be like that. I have to not have bad days. Like all that shit. Exactly. It just, like doesn't work that way. That's not life. Like totally. Well, and that's, yeah. I think obviously why there's so much, like we don't have to get into it because that could be a podcast on its own, but get into <laughs> we'll the social media stuff too we'll much. Do a three hour podcast. Yeah, exactly. yeah. But yeah, that's totally like, I think people get caught up in that very easily. And I mean, myself guilty at times too, but all of us are. Um, yeah. Yeah. You just, it's, it's very easy to get caught up in it for sure. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I, I don't know, even just recently I've deleted this off of my home screen and just trying to like, just be authentic and, yeah. you know, post, post what you're feeling when you're feeling it. If you feel like posting it, like I, yeah. that I posted recently of a really cool project I got to work on with a local photographer um, in Kelowna here and just kind of to, to show like exactly what we're talking about. There's mm -hmm. always just such a persona around social media and, and accounts and stuff that, you know, people are so positive and it's always like that in their life. And I think it's, it was a cool depiction of, it was kind of a, um, just to give a little bit of insight yeah, for people me. that might not have seen it. Um, it's just me and my, my bike gear. I got my helmet on and, and some medals that I was able to pull together from last year. And, um, 
in the, the background is a mirror and in the mirror is a reflection basically of me looking at myself. Um, but I, I'm, I've got my hands on my head and it's kind of a darker, mm. yeah, darker kind of picture. And so it's just kind of a cool, basically that the project was um, breaking down stereotypes. Yeah. And that's, I think a big one for me is just everybody thinks that, yeah, it's, it's such a positive, like easygoing thing. And, mm-hmm. you know, my mom, even I talked about it. I talk about my mom with everything. We Literally mama. she's my, my homie. Um, but she, yeah, she was even just bringing up of how she gets it all the time. of like, Oh, Cole, like how does Cole just manage to stay so positive all the time? And like, he's doing so well with everything and just seems like he hasn't even been phased and blah, blah, blah. And mom's like, you have no fucking idea. Yeah, like, that's not, you, that's not the case at all. Like how could like, and that's the thing, like, how could you look at anybody and think that they've not been phased by either whether it be an accident with a huge life-changing outcome or like whatever it is right like just because somebody's posting a positive bullshit on their instagram it's like and not that i don't love the positive bullshit because i do but i know of course everybody does everybody loves but you just gotta you gotta keep in mind that it's yeah that's not a it's a conditional thing right it's not exactly it's not an everyday realistic um, yeah, I just, I was really stoked. And this was literally actually at the time that I had kind of bailed on you, um, just, yeah, dealing with some of the skin stuff and mm-hmm. having that. So it was kind of a cool, yeah, I just, I, I'm impacted pretty heavily by that stuff when I, when I can't, you know, when I'm restricted to doing the things that give me my identity, especially that I've had them in my totally. life so constantly now, it's, it's a bit of a, a shock for me. And I, I definitely have a hard time dealing with it off of the hop. Mm-hmm. Um, usually takes me a few days to kind of accept it and, and just fair. process everything. And yeah, hundred percent take that time to just, yeah, feel, feel everything. And I think that's important to, to understand why you're feeling the feelings that you are and yeah, to kind of navigate those and, and not be too hard on yourself and just allow yourself the mm-hmm. time to, to get over that shit and accept it. And, uh, totally. but yeah, it was just a cool time that that photo came out. I was able to kind of share some raw expression of, of what I was actually feeling at the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that's pretty rare, especially with obviously like a setup photo like that. So I was yeah, pretty stoked so cool. to work with him on that project. That's rad. Yeah. But it just, anyway, so the whole point of that is just, it's cool. Cause I got to actually show like, yeah, a little bit of, I think shine a little bit of light of just like my Instagram too. Like it just totally. cause it's positive stuff all the time. Does not mean that, you know, inside or behind the scenes, I'm not dealing with shit. It's like everybody is. Just like it's, everybody uh, is. That's right. Everybody does a good job of hiding and covering up and stuff when it's not necessary all the time. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. Cause I think, yeah, that's, I mean, we could talk about the social media. <laughs> we could literally go on for the next 10 years. Cause I yeah. like have so much love hate with it. Like I want to throw my phone in, totally. ocean, but I also like love it. Totally. You know? Well, yeah. Sometimes like, it's what gets you through the shitty times too. When you look at the positive stuff or, totally. or even just like, yeah, you're going through shitty stuff and somebody posts. Yeah. Like a, a raw, you know, not negative, but just like a raw, not positive story where it's not yeah. like a feel good thing. And you're like, fuck, okay. Like they're yeah, okay, having a down day too. This. It's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I know. I always try to put out like on, like, I'm very, uh, wary that like, I don't want to, I have small followings on all my shit. Like it's not, but I know that like, even with the podcast, like there's, because it's grown to something where it's like, not just my friends listening to it, Yeah, <laughs> which is which so is awesome. weird, which is weird, but it's great. Totally. But I always am trying to be wary of like, this isn't real. This is all. And like, even in the conversations that I'm having, it's like, listen to like the bad shit that people want, like are having to go through and stuff. Like we're all just, no one knows what they're doing. No panic. We're all winging it. Yeah. hundred percent. 
right? Yeah, That's nobody wild. knows anything. <laughs> no, well, none of us know what the fuck we're doing out here. It's totally. insane. Exactly. Um, and then when you like were getting back into sport and stuff like that, were there was there anybody that you were like able to find, able to look up to? Because I again, like I said, like, I don't know that when we're not in wheelchair that we're like having people like that in our face all the time, as you would just like kind of scrolling and whatever. And like, totally, they're not the, they're not the, they're the unsung heroes. We don't look up to them in in our daily, which is, I mean, insane because we should like more so than anybody else realistically. But I know that like, you know, with your following and like, you're putting out a lot of stuff and I'm sure that you have begun to, um, I think social media has grown a lot, obviously in that time too. So it's kind of like a little of this, a little of that, but people I'm sure and kids are starting to look up to like people like you who are out mountain biking and skiing. And like, you're pretty extreme in some of those videos. I'm literally <laughs> watching you and I'm like, okay, like, sure. And like, I <laughs> know you. a lot of, well, I, and but like, I know a lot of like, like I knew Stevie Smith really well, who like, I know you really liked, which was cool. Like that was kind of when we started talking again, I think, cause you had posted totally. something about him racing and I was like, Oh, that was my buddy. And, yeah. uh, so like, there's gotta be kids in your DMS. There's gotta be people who are just like fresh off their accidents who are looking at your page now. Was there anybody like that for you or not really? Yeah, I think, um, I think I was maybe always the the type to be a little bit proud to, to actually reach out sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, there's definitely like, there's a guy, Trevor Kennison. That's a, a pretty, I mean, you probably actually follow him. He's probably, well, I think he's one of the best, if not the best sit skier, I think in the world right now, he uh, just went to X games and was able to hit like the, the uh, big air jump, which was like I think 75, he went 90 <laughs> feet or something. It was stupid. Like the guy's that's an so absolute scary animal to me. Totally. Like, yeah. And that's, I'm not interested in skis. I'm like, totally. this is too much. Totally. But that's, that's never been done in a sit ski before. That's so yeah, so guys cool. like that. And even just um, like that was from a skiing perspective and we actually, we got him on a bowhead a couple of years ago too. So it's been cool Sweet. to watch him progress through that, but I think I can, I can teach him a thing or two on the bowhead still. So that's good. Nice. He's, he's definitely sending, I think a bit bigger. He's, he's got some balls to steal that guy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I really enjoy like the technical kind of like, like Stevie would have done too. Like he, I really mm-hmm. like the technical, like steep, um, just being smooth and finding good lines. Mm-hmm. And I've always really enjoyed that. I think just coming from my motocross background and stuff, that's a lot of, a lot of what that is. Uh, yeah. I really like jumping and, and doing shit like that too. But I think uh, I've taken a couple of good spills in, in the bike, like after my accident. And uh, yeah, one of them was a good, good little conky for a couple minutes. And I just, yeah, I've never, never had that before in my life. So it's kind of a bit of a wake up and yeah, just, I don't know. I want to be able to do this for a long time. And mm-hmm. I uh, I've already been step set back to a, a certain point. So I, I'd love to, yeah, just be in a position where I can keep pushing the sport, but also stay okay. healthy and stuff too. So I think getting older and getting a little bit smarter in the bowhead in the oh yeah scarier by far like then the the ski then the ski is that what you're gonna say I think just the like just the ground is the difference um I've had some pretty good ragdolls in the ski too and if it was dirt I'd yeah you'd be fucked for sure but yeah yeah, just with the weight of the bowhead like it's 95 pounds and you're strapped into it and yeah, a lot like if a lot of the time, well, the crashes that I've had that have been bad is like mm-hmm. casing something and it kind of like bucks your back end up and over and then you just basically slam like upside down. No. So it's, yeah, it's a, it's a fun, I mean, that's kind of why we do it too though, right? Like totally. at least that's why I do it. Like to have crazy. that element of, totally, yeah, for sure. <laughs> In more ways than one. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, it's just like a, I think having that, especially in, in my situation with the accident and, you know, the injury and stuff, um, everything is so you got to be careful of like seating surfaces and like pressure sores and just everybody, obviously like naturally they, they coddle you a little bit and, you know, they're just very careful about you getting hurt or falling down stairs or whatever the fucking case is. And I kind of get it. I get a little bit short with people about that stuff. Cause it's like, man, I, yeah, I'm in a wheelchair. It doesn't mean I'm fucking like fragile. Like yeah. I can bounce off the ground just like I did before. It's not, yeah. you know, I, I, and that's kind of why I enjoy the sports that I enjoy again is like having that level of, yeah, like just that level of risk, I guess it's, mm-hmm. it's kind of what keeps me, I guess, invested. I don't know. It's just having that, like, what if, or like, you know, that, that butterfly, like pit in your stomach of what could go wrong, but then, then it doesn't go wrong. And you're, you're just fucking on cloud nine. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's just such a, I don't know. You can't even explain it to its full extent of the feeling that, that it gives me, but the two sports, the bike's definitely gnarlier, but yeah. um, I like, it's such a, such a bubble wrapped thing. So yeah, it's nice yeah. to be able to to get out of that and just be able to be injured again. And like, I know it sounds kind of fucked up, but it's nice. I, mean, I like it. It's more normal. It feels yeah. normal to me. Yeah. That's, been my I, whole well, life. that's what I was going to ask. Like, is it just like, is it kind of nice to just feel normal? It is hundred yeah. percent. There like, was zero difference. Be- like we, we raced in a, a series last year, um, that we just, yeah, it was the first, first ever adaptive downhill race series that, that was inclusive with actual adaptive, uh, classes or like categories. Is this biking or skiing? Biking. This is biking. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, so it's, it's called the Dunbar series. It's a three-part series. The first stop is in Fernie, um, okay. at the resort up there. And then the second stop. So it's a 10 day, like back to back to back kind of thing. So the first mm-hmm. weekend is Fernie, uh, middle of the week on Wednesday is in Panorama, uh, mm-hmm. in Premier. And then the following weekend for that is in kicking horse, okay. uh, golden. And yeah, it was just like, it was, it's the first race series ever. So that was pretty groundbreaking and just really, really privileged to be a part of, yeah, that whole, I guess, just literally trailblazing kind of thing. That's it's a, uh, it's a cool position, I think, to be in and just to be able to kind of have say in, in where the courses are going and complexity and mm-hmm. stuff like that was, was pretty cool just to be involved. Um, the little bit that I was involved in. But yeah, I think having that um, and just being around all of the other, like the able-bodied racers and stuff, mm-hmm. like it was, nobody treated us any different. It wasn't like, oh man, it's so cool that you guys are out here. It's like, they were, they understood, yeah. um, you know, that it's not like, it's not a fucking prize for just being here and like being in a bike outside of your house. Like yeah, we're yeah. fucking, we're people, we're athletes. We're not these like people or things that you have to feel sorry for, or, like be proud of for getting out of the fucking bed in the morning. Like mm-hmm. it's that struggle is there for everybody. Sometimes, you know, able-bodied people battle getting out of bed in the morning and shit. So it's, it's yeah, you get it a lot where people are like, I find it the ski hill more. So it's like, they'll come up and pat you on the back and be like, Oh, it's so cool that you're out here, man. It's like, dude, you what? what? Like, it's cool <laughs> that you're out here. Like, good for you. It's like, yeah, we're all out good here, for okay? you. What do you, yeah. What are you fucking talking it's about? It's so man? funny to me to hear so my, when I was little, um, my dad worked in a group home for disabled, uh, mentally and physically teenagers, but most of them were like in wheelchairs. So I grew I, up okay. like literally like around a, just like a huge group of kids in wheelchairs, like all the time. Like it was the best. I loved it. They used to like, I was like little tiny, like two. So they would like take me on their lap and like, re- they would like no hands down the ramps and stuff. Nice. And, like, I just like loved it. So to me, it like blows my mind because I wasn't 
raised in any sort of environment where people in wheelchairs are any different than us. Like, totally. like I'll open a door for you, but I'd do that for anybody, you know, like I, totally. you know, I and it's the same sort of thing as like your friends treating you normal and like tackling you out of exactly. your chair and shit. Like that just doesn't like occur to me that people don't think that way. I know. Because I just that's why you have to navigate it kind of carefully too, because I know Mm -hmm. that it does come from a good spot. And I think a lot of people are just like not used to seeing that shit. And so they kind of get awkward or they just they think they need to like say something or Mm -hmm. whatever to not feel awkward. And it's like, yeah, yeah. So I I do understand and I I do appreciate it to a certain extent, but I'm always the first to like not a not a smart ass comment. I'm never negative about it, but I'm the first to kind of like I'll give them a little comment that's kind of like. I don't know if somebody's like, Hey man, good for you for being out here. I'm like, yeah, man, good for you too. Like great to see you on the ski hill. Yeah, like, totally. And they're kind of like, wait, what? 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 <laughs> yeah. It's like, what the fuck are you saying? Like, how was that to learn? Like the skiing and the, and the biking, the bowhead's new, but like, have they, and I mean, again, this is me being ignorant, but have they always had like a bike like that? Not necessarily so, the cross country bike, like the, the mountain bike, but like a bike no. that has like, cause that's like fairly new. No. It is super okay. new. He, Christian's been building it like to, to date. It's been about, I think 12 or 13 years now. Okay. Um, but at the point when I got my bike, like he wasn't actually, they're kind of going through some, yeah, some different, uh, I guess, ownership um, mm. to put it super uh, bland or I guess. Yeah. Simple. We're just like going to glaze. Over yeah. That. We'll skip over that. Um, <laughs> there was some things going on there. Yeah. So anyways, it, it turned into bowhead. Um, and at that point, the bikes kind of just, yeah, became a little bit more legit. And mm-hmm. um, when, when I first saw them, my mom actually had sent me a video of, of kind of the, one of the first prototypes of the bike um, when it was kind of close to what it was when, when they were like uh, public resale, but it definitely looked weird. It had like a white tire on it. It was like this massive, it's a 26 inch back tire and like a 20 inch front tire. So I just, it's, it looked very different than a bike and it was electric and mm. it articulated. So like the back wheel was always flopping around and it just, it looked it didn't look like something that I would enjoy. I was like, that's yeah, not yeah. a fucking bike. You're I can't like, no, like I can't you. jump that. I can't anyway. So they both had kind of, yeah, a couple of years went down or whatever. And, um, I had gotten to a point mentally where I was ready to start exploring a little bit. And yeah. So I, I kind of reached out and talked to Christian and went down and met, um, met him and, um, Christian's the owner of the, of the company and kind of the founder and yeah, it was the dudes who had put all the time into building them and refining them and stuff. Yeah. Um, super inspiring dude just like really calm and collected um really well spoken like yeah just a just a great dude um mm. like good looking guy in a wheelchair with like a hot wife and kids and just like you know it, it was just something that I was like fuck yeah okay this you were like, like okay we yeah I'm just like okay this totally. can work like yeah it's like seeing a good looking dude and like how I don't know just yeah it's it might might sound weird but it was just cool for me to see I think at that point um and just for me to like admire and and respect somebody like that was like okay if I can respect someone then someone you know other people can respect me in this situation Mm -hmm. and so yeah I think just meeting Christian and and then seeing the bike in person and uh how fucking legit it was in person I was okay I no brainer I didn't didn't even ride I didn't hop in it or anything like that either I just like went straight to WCP and I was like hey this is what I want for my recreational equipment uh I I biked my whole life like this is this is what I want to pull trigger on so yeah, we, we pulled trigger and, and got the bike and I kind of never really looked back from it. It was definitely, it took me some time to like get the hang of it. It's, yeah. it's definitely not a bike. It's, um, it's a bike, don't get wrong, but it's, it's not how you would have ridden a, a normal two wheel bike. Everything yeah. is complete opposite. Um, 
so yeah, it took a little while. I think just having expectations of what it was going to be like, and obviously having experience riding bikes in the past, I mm -hmm. didn't really know what I was getting into, but yeah, it took some time and then yeah, kind of just got the hang of it. It was like, holy fuck. I think like one of the first questions I asked Christian when I met him too, was like, Hey, can you, can you jump this? Like, has anybody jumped this thing yet? And he's like, well, no, nobody's really jumped it yet, but like, you're like, I'll do I it. don't see why not. And yeah, honestly, it was like, that's sweet. one of the, that was the first time he had ever been asked that question. Cause he, he didn't build it for that. He built it for like accessibility for like getting right. to hiking trails and, you know, just getting outside and into nature kind of thing. And yeah, it's really cool. I think once you, once you get the bikes out there and you get different clientele that are riding it with different backgrounds and demographic and stuff, it, it starts to get challenged in different ways and mm -hmm. used for different reasons and stuff. And um, the time that I was kind of waiting for my bike to be built and for everything to be approved, it's always a fucking process with WCB. Um, it's like almost a year to get anything done simple, let alone anything Not that's surprising. more intricate. So yeah. Um, but yeah, once I kind of, once we yeah put the order in and everything and in the, in the meantime of that, there's a couple riders that got them. Um, Daryl, uh, Tate is his name. He lives up in the Yukon and then, uh, Ryan St. Lawrence he's in New Hampshire, I think. Okay. Anyways, he, uh, both of those boys got in them and, and they were doing some media, media videos and stuff with Bowhead and. Yeah, they were riding mountain bike trails, jumping them just like mountain bikes. And I, I yeah, I seen that and was just completely fired up, like totally switched. I think it just gave me, yeah, just like gave me a little bit of that insight of like, fuck yeah, I can totally. get back to doing some shit that I really enjoy and that I've done my whole life. And that like, yeah, just you can have something to like, you know, have your own style and like, yeah, just push yourself again. Mm -hmm. I think just having that that level of like progression and and pushing yourself is so big and whatever aspect or whatever capacity that is it like everybody's different but for me sport was always that I think that release for me yeah. um so it was really cool just to see people doing that shit and yeah got in one and did the same and did the same <laughs> so it's cool find like because you're like I mean not everybody's gonna be out proper like mountain biking like on trails totally. and shit but do you find that is there still like problems with accessibility out on the mountain bike trails I'm sure there is my dad's a huge mountain biker and I know some of those trails are skinny and I don't yeah. think bike fits down that. So it's a little bit controversial. Um, yeah. There's, yeah, there's, there's a lot of um, associations, I guess, these days that are advocating and, and getting a lot done and a lot accomplished in terms of having accessible trails available to everybody. Because mm -hmm. uh, a, a lot of the bikes, like, yeah, there's a lot of different versions of mountain bikes for adaptive equipment. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of them, I, I'd say the majority of them are a lot wider. Yeah. Um, like by significant, like even like eight to 10 inches, Yeah. um, which is huge for, for mountain bike trails is especially, um, but that's kind of the one, the one kind of like selling feature that we try and capitalize on a lot of the time, um, is that, yeah, the bowheads are pretty, I've never been turned around on a trail. I've never that's hit a trail great. where I'm like, Hey man, I, I don't think we can get through this. Um, I've had it, you know, like maybe, maybe a handful of times where buddies have to like, you know, be on the lower side of you and just kind of give totally. you a little bit of prop up, but mm -hmm. honestly, like not very often. And that's great. It just, yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy to, yeah. A lot of the time, like, especially buddies that I ride with a lot, they're like, yeah, like buddies that I've even ridden with too, like pretty consistently They're Yeah. They're like, Oh, I don't, I don't think it's going to fit down. Like there's a couple spots that are going to be pretty tight. Like, tight, I, I don't yeah. know if they're going to go. And almost every time it's like, yeah, no, that wasn't, wasn't even an issue. That's so, so it's, cool. it's really cool. Okay, we're going to leave it right there this week. Oh, if that's not prime example of taking and turning some bad shit into some good shit.
I just don't know what is. And you know I love that good shit, even though it oftentimes comes with the bad shit. So I can't wait for you guys to hear part two next week. We'll be back with Cole, spread more good vibes and real fucking talk. And you should go give him a follow right now because, dude, how cool. He's so fun. Until next week, please throw some self-tanner on if you need to. Okay, that's I'm baking right now in a coat of self-tanner because it makes me feel better about the world around us. Drink some fucking water. Make sure you leave your house. Get outside. Turn the fucking news off. Just it's okay to do that sometimes. You know, sometimes your brain's just that's enough. That's enough for the day. You don't need to be bombarded. Trust me. Yeah, remember, it's a shit show. None of us know jack shit. But gosh, do I love ya. And I will see you next week. Goodbye. Oh, great. You're still here. Please, can I remind you to like, subscribe, share this episode, however you'd like to do that, and grow our little family a little bigger until it's a big family. I have to get outside. Love you. Bye.